0: I'm like a super geek when it comes to studying neuroscience and things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of data out now that a couple of things, one that just came out the other day that I actually reposted it on my social media. Cause I thought this is just too dang good. Yeah. And that is so many people go meetings back to back to back to yes. back to back. And there's now like scientific proof that if you don't give yourselves at least about a 10 minute break in between, that the the amount that your capacity your creativity your efficiency Mm -hmm. all of that stuff diminishes is rapid but even a 10 minute break in between allows your brain to be able to reboot
1: fear stops us from achieving our true greatness Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes, Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory MD. See you there. There. Welcome, welcome, welcome,
2: welcome, Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today we have Clint Hatton with us and he's going to tell us all about himself and all of the things that he is up to. Take it away, Clint.
0: Dr. G, come on. Thank you for having me on. Two of my favorite words, fearless and freedom together. So I'm just, I'm loving this already. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, You know, for me, been up to a lot of new things over the last couple of years. And what I'm most passionate about right now is I'm a transformational coach, which I've been coaching and mentoring people for about 20 years, but I'm doing it in a new way. So I'm excited about that. I'm doing some speaking with corporate settings and uh, some church stuff, things like that too. Getting ready to do what you're doing right now, which is I'll be launching a podcast this year as well. Something I've been working on. Oh, great, but not quite there yet. And then, of course, I just published a book this year as well, uh, my first book ever. So that's been a whole new journey as well, and required to be. Uh, I can't say I was fearless during the whole thing, but definitely need to push past some fears. So yes, those are just a, yes. a few of the things I got going on there, but. Mostly, yeah, just uh, a lot going on with the family. I got an eighteen-year-old who's just getting ready to head off to college this summer to Oklahoma State, oh, wow. which is where he's going. And where's he so, going? Oklahoma State.
2: Oklahoma State. Nice. Okay.
0: Cool. Yeah, he's. A, it was his his. Uh, well, he's been brainwashed from a very young age. Oh, who my, went uh, to Oklahoma his, State? His grandfather and some of that side of the family. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so, so to be fair about it he's been brainwashed for quite a while you know he's only allowed to wear orange and black now
2: oh my gosh
0: okay. and uh, <laughs> he's went to quite a few football games and just that stuff but it's it's really cool because it's the only school he's really ever wanted to go to okay he, he got in and so he's super excited and on a new journey oh, that's
2: great that's great yeah i mean that that's that's fantastic and then for it to be a tradition you know family tradition is nice
0: Yeah. Now the 13 year old who went, we, we all went on a trip uh, two, three weeks ago now, but a couple three weeks ago to do a full tour of everything, including the housing and all that stuff. And now the 13 year olds pretty much there as well. So we'll see if that holds out, but (laughs) yeah, it was a great trip. Wow, They do such a tremendous, I'm sure a lot of schools do, but they do such a tremendous job of supporting the kids and all the different opportunities available to them. We told them by the time it was done, it's like, listen, if you don't kill it here, it is yeah, your you fault. <laughs> you it is your it. fault because <laughs> they have given you every support you could possibly think of yeah. to make sure you're successful.
2: Not as great. That's great. Is it a, is that a big school? I think it's a big, pretty big school, isn't it?
0: You know, I mean, it is compared to some, but it's funny. It's a really interesting setting. The entire city of Stillwater, which is where it is with the school is fifty six thousand, okay and 26 of that (laughs) is this is the student population okay but they've got compared to in the in the big 12 where we are compared to acreage wise they have much more acreage than most of the other bigger schools have okay so when you're there there is a lot of students it's not small but it feels small Cause everything's spread out, and you're kind of walking around, place. and okay.
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Even when even when it's busy, it doesn't feel busy. So we think he's gonna love it.
2: Okay, good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I went to my school with grad and everything undergrad. I think it was at a time probably like eight thousand or nine thousand. Yeah. Whereas the school, literally the state school that was literally across the way, was like twenty or thirty thousand, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. some that are even, we have several friends that have kids down at Texas A&M, which. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like Massive. 70 and it's the entire city, like 70,000. It's that's it's really crazy. Of,
2: Yeah, a lot of young people. My gosh. That's
0: a lot of shenanigans.
2: Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, was, I, I said young people. I didn't want to say shenanigans, but, but yes. So that's good. That's good. That's good. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's a transition for you. And then, so yeah. Yeah. how are you feeling about uh, baby bird leaving the nest? Like how are you feeling about that?
0: Is there any fear more really, that? We're really, <laughs> no, we are. We're really, yeah, we're really excited for him. You know, we went through and we don't need to get into that now or, you know, uh, too much later even. But, you know, our oldest son, Gabriel, his older brother, uh, you know, we suffered a pretty significant tragedy just prior to his 18th birthday when he passed away in a oh. plane crash. And so he he actually, oh. he hadn't made the full decision yet. If he was going to go to OSU, they have a really yeah. great flight school there, but he was a mm. pilot and okay. he, he had two really great tracks. This was in 2019. Yeah. He had two really great tracks to continue his dream of becoming a commercial pilot. Yes. And so he was still kind of leaning back and forth between OSU and a really nice flight school. Um, but he, but he lost his life training. And, and so uh, with Joel, you know, going there now, it's got kind of an extra, oh gosh, how do you even say it? It's just really meaningful that he's yes. getting a chance to yes. go and and kind of carry his, his brother's memory with him.
2: Oh, wow. Wow.
0: That's the heavy part of our story. That yeah.
2: is incredible. Yeah. I am so sorry, but yeah. it sounds like he is living within Joel, right? Yeah. Joel is, the, is the one that's going to college now
0: that's exactly so that right is, yeah
2: so, so that's 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 incredible you know for us wow. we
0: made you know a decision that that morning after he crashed and, and we you know had to have the impossible conversation we just we yes. made a commitment to each other that we were going to choose to honor him by the way he lived not his death and how he died and right for sake of time i'm being i'm simplifying things a little bit you know obviously a lot of pain still to this day and a very yes. emotional thing that we had to work through and we didn't do it perfectly and are not doing it perfectly we're not a perfect family but um you know what ultimately ended up becoming my transformation coach brand big bull brave and and the book that i wrote all are based on the inspiration of gabriel who okay. during an interview i don't even remember saying it dr g to be honest with you but yeah. we did an interview with abc Shortly after he passed because of partly, you know, it was a plane crash, which always makes the news. And then the fact that he was only 17, they were going to do a story no matter what, but they gave us the opportunity to be able to tell his story instead of it being told about just his his death. And so we did that and something somewhere in there, I said, he lived his life, big, bold, and brave. I don't remember saying it, but later on when it was played back to us. Yeah. When we saw the segment they did, which they did a beautiful job. It really did speak to the way he lived his life. And then, when at the end, the reporter, instead of playing me saying it, said, Gabriel's family encouraged you to live like him, big, bold, and brave. Oh, wow. And so that immediately became a family mantra. That's all yes. it was. You know, it was yes. two plus years later before it became my brand and my book and all that. But right. it was something that we used, you know, as a family, we used yeah. it to help us through the grieving process and keep. You know, recalibrating to to move forward and yes. live our lives and and honor his where we could and so yeah, you're you're dead on. You know, for him, uh, I don't think he chose Oklahoma State for that reason. He's wanted to go there for a long time. Okay, but he's very aware that he's he's essentially carrying two legacies, you know, with him there for our family.
2: Wow. That's an incredible story. Wow. Thank you for sharing that because yeah, I know like, welcome. you know, that no matter how many times you share it, I know that it hurts to share it. And so I appreciate your, you know, I appreciate your candor and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah, thank we you. Appreciate no, I appreciate it. that.
0: No, I appreciate that. You know, we, we really feel like we have for a while, but we really feel like, you know, it's not a story anybody would ever choose, you know, it's, right. um,
2: right. it's parent's
0: worst nightmare. Really? Yes. But you know, again, you, you really only have two choices when things, you know, punch you in the gut in the way something like that kind of loss does. And, and that is you find a way to keep living right. and thriving. And and you find ways to um, what I like to say is it's it's never been about us getting rid of the pain because the pain represents the love we had for him. He was our son, he was Absolutely. he was their brother, yes. you know. Yes. But we do tell our pain how to behave and where to go. And so, you know, that's partly why for me, it's this big, bold, brave and speaking and writing and that kind of stuff. My wife became an artist and is doing some amazing things in that. And that's her version of big, bold, brave. My son now, the oldest one, he was a football player, but he's kind of put that off to the side now. So now his big, bold, brave is getting a degree in business, you know,
2: okay. And my 13
0: year old has already earned his black belt because he got involved in martial arts at a young age. And so, okay he's on his path. So yeah, we just, you know, we've, we've found a way to, um, you know, just take what was meant to destroy us or could have destroyed us and just have tried to find a way to serve people. And, and again, for us as a family, just to, to carry Gabriel's memory with us in a, in a positive way.
2: Wow. Wow. Talk about a why that is very, very strong. That yeah, is incredible. It is. It is,
0: which is partly why I loved, you know, when i reached out to you to even do this show that, you know, the, the, the fearless and, you know, it's just, there's so many things in life, right. That try to punch yeah. us in the face with fear and keep us from living our dreams. And so that's, that's really my mission as well. We have, we have a very common thread in that regard is, is my life mission now is to encourage people to, you know, again, we, we're not really fearless because we face fear, right.
2: Absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, it's always there. Fear is always there. It's always
0: there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But we can learn how to act fearlessly by not giving into it, which is what I love about what you do. And that's that's my mission, you know, is to encourage people to do that and to whatever life throws at you. You know, it's it's not um it's not always fun and sometimes it's quite painful, but it shouldn't stop you.
2: Right, right. Yes. Wow. And so, you know, I am curious now because, you know, how did you, so you made the decision to just pour into writing and pour into uh, other outlets, kind of cathartic kind of outlets. And so then how did you go from the writing to actually now coaching like shifting gears, because I'm like, you were coaching before, but it sounds like you shifted gears in what you did as far as your coaching approach.
0: That's exactly right. No, you're, you're exactly right. So I was a pastor for 17 years.
2: Okay. uh,
0: Okay. uh, Actually up until January of this year. uh, So for a very long time. And so for, you know, a lot of those years, a lot of it with my role, you know, because I don't know, you know, with your listeners, you know, you hear the word pastor and it can mean a lot of different things. That's true. Depending on your (laughs) experience and what church you came from and all that stuff. But for me, all of my roles always involved heavy doses of coaching and mentoring people and helping people through a lot of crisis situations, um, including marriages. My wife and I, you know, were, were over marriage ministries and did, did a lot of crisis marriage uh, coaching, you know, during those years as well. So, we had a lot of that under our belt. And then of course, for me, I had a lot of that under my belt before Gabriel passed away, but you know, when he passed away, death is a funny thing. And I know, you know, obviously you're you're around it more than you probably would like to be as well. You know, it's just a part of life, but, um, the reality of it is it tends to do one of two things. It makes people either kind of shrivel up and hide in a corner, or it makes you very aware of the you know just how thin the veil is between you know i i'm a believer obviously i just said i was a pastor so i believe there is an eternal life but even if you don't you know there's a there's a thin line between this side and that side right
2: right yeah and
0: and even though we all know it we all know it right in our head i mean we consciously we're aware that can't live forever right Um, but until something like that really you know is kind of in your face and is really real for you whether it's a family member or a really close friend or something like that you know you don't necessarily think about it as much and i actually don't think it's an unhealthy thing i actually think that when you recognize how short life can be that it can be a catalyst if you if you choose to allow it and that's that's what we choose to or have chosen to do
2: nice nice okay but
0: that's how I got into the coaching side. To answer your question, I'm sorry. I think I, I yeah, gave no, you a Yeah, no, no, that's fine. But now, run, but, in the, but then there. you yeah. brought
2: up something that makes me curious too. So, what made you stop your ministry as a pastor?
0: Like, was yeah. it just you're just done with your tenure, or it was really a combination of things? And the thing is, is you know, I I am not titled a pastor now. I don't collect a paycheck from. The, I am involved with the church. Absolutely. Um, we're actually part of a of a an advisory. Um, we're senior leaders, basically advisory to the pastors and the leadership team that runs the church. Cause we have a lot of experience. So we just help them m- mostly behind the scenes and I'll still, I, I'm actually the one who's going to be preaching this Sunday. And so we do those things. So the truth is I I'm still me. <laughs> I, I still you just, you do just not,
2: You just don't have a the title it. and the I don't have the title, which I'm,
0: <laughs> which I'm glad about. But uh, Dr. G, honestly, part of the reason for that was, is for many years, I just, I just could never, and a lot of this is excuses I realize now, but I could never figure out how I could find the capacity to do everything that I was doing because I was the couple of organizations I worked for were pretty large. And so mm-hmm. my responsibilities were very broad Death by meeting, you know, <laughs> you know was, meeting.
2: <laughs> meeting, meeting after meeting after meeting
0: all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always had a desire to, you know, reach and help people that are hurting that are outside of the church, too, that aren't oh, necessarily believers, you know. Okay. And uh, again, you know, I, I think now some of that was excuses. I probably could have done more than I did, but I just always felt so busy. And if I'm being just frank with you, which I will, you know, by the time we get home, I'd be exhausted. You know, you yeah. really yeah. want to talk. I mean you're really busy. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of family actually <laughs> in the medical industry. My my father-in-law is a chief of staff of a of a hospital. And I'm so thinking, he's really busy. Do you do everything <laughs> staff so busy. <laughs> but I read your I read your origin story and uh I, I think I know why, because you've got you've got that extra work ethic that sometimes seems to come kind of detrimental
2: sometimes
0: (laughs) yeah i'm sure i'm sure but you know you had you had to come through a different path right nothing was given to you that's great yeah i think there is something to that for the people that have the the moxie to to work hard and and do what needs to be done to reach their dream which is what you did so i think it's amazing
2: Oh, thank you thank you a lot of credit goes to my mom (laughs) she's the one that facilitated it (laughs) oh man yeah, no, that's, um, that's great. So it's good that you're still able to um participate in. It sounds like you really love the work. I mean, even though like, yeah. you know, you're not like at the four right now. Um,
0: well, it's way better guys, when you're not you actually still doing staff. the stuff
2: behind scenes. <laughs> well, you're at the four on Sunday because you're about to preach.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Bill. I, if you, you probably have figured out already. I don't have much of a problem talking. That's not really it. It's all the meetings I don't have to go to anymore. I love it. It's like I'm free. Oh, yeah, it frees up all the
2: time. You're like, you right. could write books. You could like do all these hey, other things. The world so is so much my more oyster. time.
0: That's right.
2: Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Death by meeting. Oh gee. Mm-mm-mm.
0: It happens everywhere, and it happens. In it the does trees. in yeah.
2: every. Yeah institution it's just it's crazy you know sometimes i wonder if it is couldn't like you know consolidate things let's have like a, I don't know like an, a board where you just like okay you have all the things and you come with the highlights and you present from your department and you present from your department and then we just like make a decision one one big meeting and so it's not like 50 million meetings all across the week and oh, across the month
0: yeah. you you are you are as they say preaching to the choir to me Fair. Uh, leadership Fair. is a big thing of mine. You know, I've, I've been a leader. I've, I've trained a lot of leaders. So it's one of my favorite topics and man, you are so right. You know, there's a lot of data. I'm I'm like a super geek when it comes to studying neuroscience and things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of data out now that a couple of things, one, that just came out the other day that I actually reposted it on my social media. Cause I thought this is just too dang good. Yeah. And that is so many people go meetings back to back to back to yes. back to back. And there's now like scientific proof that if you don't give yourselves at least about a 10 minute break in between, that the the amount that your capacity, your creativity, your efficiency, mm. all of that stuff diminishes is rapid. But wow. even a 10 minute break in between allows your nice. brain to be able to reboot enough to be much more creative, much more impactful. And I I can't help but think, gosh, if we even did that, that would yeah. make a big difference, you know.
2: Wow, but
0: you don't have to tell me yeah. about cutting down on meetings. I, I'm, I've always felt like we spent hours and hours and hours and hours, and more often than not, didn't even make a decision anyway. It's like that's what I'm, is I'm saying. Sure. You know, that's what I'm saying. Email until we're ready.
2: If you like just came a committee you're like let's just you know come to the committee present your case and we make a decision then. You know it just seems like right. wow really why am i sitting here and i make suggestions and you don't take them anyway. You know what i mean this right. is kind of like <laughs> right. frustrating. I'm like i could have been hanging out with my kids now instead of this. You yeah. know it's just
0: <laughs> No i'm totally with you especially i'm i'm also huge on collaboration. And if you're talking about leadership most people would call that servant leadership model whatever but i'm huge on collaboration. And especially if you're going to go into meetings where there's no actual real collaboration. Yeah. If you're just going to control me anyway, then just send me the click notes of email. what you <laughs> want to do. And I'll eventually <laughs> decide whether or not I want to do this for the rest of my life. But don't, we'll see you later. We'll part friends. You know, yeah, just, just don't kill me slowly by the arsenic called meeting after meeting after meeting. Right?
2: Yes. Yeah, no. Oh my gosh, it's amazing that that's true for like across the board. No matter what industry or area you're in, yeah. I think so. I think it's
0: job security for the meeting planners. That's all that is.
2: Is that what it is? Oh, gee, their genius is that because they have like they got it down. <laughs> that's nuts.
1: Hey, it's Dr. G, and I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. So tell
2: us about um tell us about so that you told us about how you transitioned um yeah. into transformational coaching and so now tell me about the book like how did that come about?
0: Yeah, well, so with the book, you know, I so the, I'm going to back up just a tiny bit and say this. Yeah. So, as far as writing a book goes, I've known for a very long time that I was supposed to write a book. I mean, I just okay. knew I was supposed to write a book, and I'm actually of the opinion now aside from that, that a lot of people, if not most people should consider writing a book, even if it is just for their own family archives. So I've, you know, I've kind of really thought a lot about that since I actually wrote a book, but prior to it, I'd known for years, I'd had people for probably 15, 20 years at different times come up to me because my, my full story is pretty layered. You know, I've been through some stuff, you know, from the time I was young and and then all the, all the, obviously all the way up until this story of our life, this part of our journey. But I just I just never had a, a big enough why. You said earlier, you, know, yeah. you got a big why right now. And really, it was two things. It wasn't just losing Gabriel. You know, we lost him on September 23rd of 2019. So some people may already be going, oh, isn't that right near COVID? Yes. Three months later, COVID hit the world. Wow. And so, you know, for that next roughly two years, give or take, where things were really tough for everybody, right? Um, you know, we, we were processing both of those things. Right. And by the end of that second year, Dr. G, I I was I had my why because it was beyond writing a book about grief. My book is not a grieving book. Now, it will cover some really powerful um, values and mindsets that we chose, that we live by, that I am 100% convinced. And I've actually been on with quite a few clinical therapists and psychologists and different people over this last few months as well. And and they're all reiterating the same thing, that those, those were things that definitely helped us in our process. But that's not what the entirety of the book is. What I got sick of was all the fear. Again, partly why I was attracted to your show. And I don't mean that from a political standpoint, because everybody listening right now, I'm sure we've got a mixture of two opinions on what should have been done, what shouldn't have been done, whatever. No one I've ever talked to since COVID hit has argued that fear has been unleashed on our planet in doses that we have never seen before. And it's caused even worse divides in yes. so many different ways, whether it's yeah. race, whether it's gender, whether it is even a gender, you know, all this stuff. Right. Yes. And so yes. I just felt like fear and hate in particular mm-hmm. had gone through the roof. And I really just believed that I could write a book and use part of that story, which I did, you know, uh, with Gabriel, but use it to not just inspire people, but to hopefully encourage and empower them to not be crippled by fear. And, you know, fear, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I've always felt, and I've always said it this way, that to me, there's a hierarchy of emotions and the top hierarchy on one side, which you can call it the positive side, whatever is love. And to me, every other good emotion comes out of that. Right. And then the other one's fear. And I think everything else comes out of fear. Hate comes out of fear, you know, resentment, bitterness, all those things come out of fear and I just felt like there was so much of that and it was, it was creating such a toxic soup across the globe that I could be one person that's, you know, and again, I I am just one person. I'm not trying to imply that I'm going to save the world. I'm not, hopefully a whole bunch of people feel the same way. Right. But I just felt like I could write something that would encourage them to stop the hate, to begin to kind of hold back a little bit, look at the way they live their life. Look at how they want to be known. Look at how, how do I want to be known as a person? How do I want to leave people when I leave a room? How do I want them to feel about me? Cause it's not about agreement. You and I can completely disagree on something and still love each other and still respect each other and still honor each other and walk away going, wow, that was really interesting to hear her side of that. I still think I don't agree. But man, that was really interesting, and I kind yeah, yeah. of understand her perspective now. You know, uh, I still don't agree, but I understand the perspective. So I just think we need a whole bunch of people <laughs> doing that now, that we can flip the script on this thing, so people have hope and people really know that they can make a difference.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. We do need a we need a little army of positive thinkers.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah.
2: Oh my Timedness. gosh yes mm.
0: just kindness alone so gosh can you imagine forward. what if everybody just chose to be kind today <laughs>
2: you know? yeah i know choose kind <laughs> choose happy <laughs> oh my gosh i tell my kids that all the time i'm like choose happy today <laughs> it's a choice. Like, yes mom
0: <laughs> yeah i know they don't get it yet but but you're right i just, right. Ho- I just hope that choice.
2: at some point they hear our voices you know in their ears like okay and then they will do the right thing.
0: <laughs> you know what? I can give you some hope to that, you know, because for some of that 17 years, a pretty good chunk of it actually, we were either directly the youth and young adults pastors or we were over the people that were. Okay. And I can I can tell you it's it's very interesting. Kids these days are really funny to me in this way. You know, first I think they get a bad rap in, in a lot of cases. I think they get prejudged a lot just because they they Process things a little bit differently than maybe my generation did, but I tell you what ends up happening is is you end up finding out, and maybe years down the road, but often they heard everything, and they may have even done more with it than you thought. That was actually one of the things that happened after Gabriel passed away. Uh, It it had a pretty major ripple effect because you know we live in a, a pretty large community. Okay. Was not only involved in aviation, but his high school was about three thousand students, and he was one wow, of the pe- high school. <laughs> yeah, and he was one of those kids that had friends in you know football players and band, and I mean he had friends oh, okay. in just about every walk of life, right? And so, a lot of those different kinds of people gathered, you know, after he passed. And what we asked for is we just asked people to write us just some notes, you know, because we yes. knew we weren't going to be able to talk to everybody, um, and and just give us a story or tell us yeah. something about Gabriel or whatever. And when that happened, Dr. G, I was blown away, oh you know? I mean, cause he, he was pretty amazing, obviously to become, I mean, he soloed at 16 before he had even had a driver's license. So that gives wow. you an idea of how, yes. how much of a go-getter he was. Yeah. And then, you know, he taught himself guitar. He taught himself photography. He graduated a year early. He was also a pain in the butt you know, and he could also be like most human beings. He was, I call it perfectly imperfect, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But what happened was, is we ended up finding out all these different things that he was doing for people, kind things and serving them and oh. encouraging people. All these stories that he never bothered to tell us. The kind of stuff well, we'd always tell talk parents. about. I'm tell your parents No, that. they don't. So I'm telling you right now, your kids probably do way more than you even know they do.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: They're, it's getting in there. It's getting in there.
2: Oh, they just, don't, wow. I don't
0: think they're allowed to admit it until they're 25 or something like that. I don't know. It's something embedded in our, in our DNA.
2: <laughs> oh no, I don't like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't hold on to that. We can break that.
2: Oh yes, absolutely. Oh wow. That's fantastic. That he made such an impact on his peers. That's great. They were having, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And so,
0: but I, but that's why I say, you know, I think, I think our kids do hear a lot more than we think they do. You know, there's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot more is caught than taught, and oh, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. that's the truth. And I, and so to me, that's the delineation: is if if we're just telling our kids stuff all the time, yes, but we're not doing it ourselves,
2: oh yeah, and not oh, yeah.
0: and not perfectly, just consistently,
2: right. at least trying, then, <laughs> at
0: least yeah, trying. then then it may not stick, right? Right. But but my experience has been is with with people who have lived it too, it yeah. it has an
2: impact. Yes. 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 No, I could definitely see that. Oh, that's good. That's encouraging. (laughs) That's very encouraging. So you have to tell, you have to tell us how, um, how can people access the book? How can they access you as far as uh, coaching, if they're interested, if they feel like you're um, a good fit for them. So yeah, let us know that.
0: Yeah. So with the book, it's basically available everywhere. Books are sold. So you can go to Amazon, especially if, for your international audience, because of shipping issues, you know, you definitely would want to go to Amazon. Um, It can also be purchased through my website, but if they go to bigbullbrave.us and yes, I know it's U S everybody always says it's U S not us, but I like the word us. us. That's why I chose that domain. So bigbullbrave.us and there, they can find out about the different talks that I can bring for speaking transformational speaking, the coaching, um, if, and if they, if they're interested in seeing a little bit more about our story, some people have really enjoyed it. I've got a really cool book trailer video on there and, and okay. actually some, some videos of Gabriel flying. And I put that on there for me, yeah, honestly, and it's been really interesting. I've had so many people reach back out later and said, I mean, I spent like 30 minutes on your website, checking everything out. And I love that video, you know, yes. so there's, there's some personal stuff on there too, but I did recently start a weekly newsletter. It's obviously a free newsletter where I'm just giving a free coaching tip every single week and, okay. and then to talk, you know, sharing some things that I love that I think are great resources. And so they can sign up for that too. I'd love to connect with people okay. that way.
2: Okay. No, that's great. That's great. And and just so that um they can find well, like I guess it look up um Big Bull Brave, they'd find a book, but it isn't if they wanted they needed your last name as well. Do they need your last name to find it? Or when
0: you type in Big Bull Brave, it automatically comes up? Yeah, that's a great question. On Amazon, if you only put Big Bull Brave, there's a variety of different types of things that are out there. So just either Big Bull Brave Clint, or my full name is Clint Clint. Hatton. Mm -hmm. You do that much, you're going to find it.
2: And that's H-A-T-T-O-N. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. All right, great. All right. We are at that point in the show, Clint, where we do our fill in the blanks. Are you ready?
0: Oh, okay. Let's do that.
2: Uh, cool. The first one is, if I am fearless, I will. Do it anyway. Nice. Does it nice. have to
0: be one word? We didn't go through. It's whatever rules.
2: you want. It's whatever okay, you want. Good. I've, had, yeah. I've had all kinds of answers on the show, so it's fine. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. And then the next one is to me, fearless freedom means
0: fearless freedom means yes, choices
2: okay all right. And then the last one is my battle cry is
0: big bull brave baby <laughs> of
2: course of course, what else would it be right?
0: <laughs> you know what though if I can I share just one quickie? Yeah, go fast? ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause there, you'll and you can find this on my website, but this is, this is part of my battle cry too. And I really believe this about every human being. And so there's three things. And that is, I believe every human being was created to be courageous. My podcast, when it comes out, is going to be called courageous conversations. Number okay. two is that we all have a creative genius. 100% believe that. And I can actually back that up with science, but that's for another day. And then the yeah. third one is we were created to be compassionate. And so I think those three things are my battle cry, to be courageous, to engage in your own unique creative genius, and to do it compassionately.
2: Love it. Love it. That's great. You know what? We really appreciate you taking time out and sharing your story, sharing the nuggets with us. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Dr. G.
2: All right.